Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams. The heart behind Kindled is to help moms use their gifts for God's glory and their good. We'll chat with real women who are learning how to do this very thing as they navigate motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. This heart-to-heart is always had over a cup of coffee and usually paired with a business pep talk. We hope you'll find practical advice and the encouragement you need to work well and live more. Hey guys, welcome to Kindled. This is episode 23. I can't believe we're here. It's crazy that we're up in the 20s. We've been doing this for a while, about six months. It's just, it keeps getting better and better. And it's been so fun for me. I have loved the recent interviews that I've had with authors. And today I'm speaking with another author who is um, named Holly Mackle. And she's the author of Same Here, Sister Friend. It is a book that is self-titled, Mostly True Tales of Misadventures and Motherhood. So you can imagine what is inside its pages. It is one of the things that Holly says is you come for the hilarity and stay for the heart about her uh, her book and her platform. And I just love her fun and rambunctious spirit. I honestly wish that we were neighbors because she would be one of those people that you just always love talking to. And she makes you feel good about yourself talking to her. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you that from our interview. Um, but Holly, she got together a group of women to write a book together about the misadventures of authentic motherhood. And the book is full of wit and charm. Holly guides readers through a collection of hilarious and vulnerable tales written by moms who have seen it all. So this is a really fun interview and I'm excited for you to hear it. And we also are going to announce at the end a really fun giveaway of one of the books. So stay tuned for details on that at the end of the interview. All right, here is my interview with Holly. Today we have Holly Mackle, and she is the author of Same Here, Sister Friend. Holly, thank you so much for joining us on Kindled. Would you mind introducing yourself and just kind of sharing a little bit about who you are? Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I really enjoy your show. And I am a wife and a mom in Birmingham, Alabama. My husband, David, is a residential realtor and a wonderful, very kind, patient man. And then we are the parents of two girls age seven and four. I'm a writer, but I really see myself as more of a curator and someone Mm -hmm. who lifts up the voices and talents and stories that God has put into the lives of specifically other women. Mm, That's awesome. So how did you like get started on this journey of being a curator? Because that's a unique perspective to have of yourself. And I'm curious, like, where did that come from? And how did how has that evolved? Yeah, it is different. I do think, um, writing can be very isolating Mm -hmm. and you just spend a whole lot of time in your head. And 
after um, our first book, which was a collaborative effort called Engaging Motherhood came out, I realized that one of the things I enjoyed the most about putting that book together was that there were seven of us on the project. And I loved working alongside the other women and just iron sharpening iron and us being able to, you know, that back and forth of editorial and that encouraging one another and saying, I think there's more here and and really digging in deep together. And I realized that I think that's my true gifting. I, I do love to write. I mm-hmm. think it's a blast. I love to be, well, not all the time, but I do like to, you know, be alone and kind of be up in my head and see what the Lord has for me um, that he wants to do in me and the ways he is working through me and sanctifying me. But gosh, I love to come alongside other women and encourage them and see what the Lord has for them that they might be able to then turn and encourage other women with. Yeah. That's a unique gift. So about your book, um, same here, sister friend. So this is obviously, you know, aligns with everything we just talked about. So can you talk about the format of the book a little bit and just give a little more detail of, of how you wrote it and what it is? Yeah. Okay. So same here, sister friend is mommy humor essay. And what I mean by that is that it's again, a collaborative effort. It's a, a sum total of 12 women on the project. They come from very different walks of life. You know, we have working moms, we have stay at home moms, we have moms of older kids, moms of young ones. And uh, what I love about the project is that the voices are different, but really the heart behind everything is so very similar. And these women are just loving their people. They're loving Jesus. And they see that they are completely doing it imperfectly and want to laugh about it. Like they want to have a lighthearted approach to things and be able to step back away from from the moment and say, God, what are you up to here? Because this, quite frankly, is utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the heart of, of the project. It, it came from a place of longing for more for the Christian community uh, in regards to humor. There are women out there who I believe are really doing humor with excellence for for believers. I think of Sophie Hudson, who wrote our wonderful forward, and of Melanie Schenkel. Those women are really doing it great. But I know so many women who love their Bibles and a perfectly timed Mary Catherine Gallagher impersonation. You know, really, <laughs> truly funny women. Right. And where do those women get to write? A lot of these platforms just tend to be a little more serious in nature. So yeah. that's what I wanted to do is create that platform. Yeah, I think that's like, uh, and maybe I don't, maybe I'd never even thought of it because I don't really know very many funny Christian women. <laughs> like In oh, yeah. real life, I have friends that are funny, but like yeah. as far as in the, like you're saying in the public eye, it feels like that's not really maybe been the role of the woman sure. in the, you know, in the public perception or, or kind of like how, how we are taught to think about ourselves. And, and I think that's like shifting a lot. And thanks to people like you who are, you know, putting out content and showing like, I can be both godly and both like respectful and awesome. hilarious. And awesome. I can, you know, be a little bit irreverent in the sense of like things that are not sacred. Right. Why my two-year-old is throwing this tantrum right now? Like, isn't it's not, not a sacred thing. It's... <laughs> perhaps still a holy moment in that like I, you know, my, my response and my like attitude about it can be godly, but also make light of the ridiculousness of life. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, You can speak to that more than I can. I I love it. I think, I think first of all, I believe as a Christian that God wants us to redeem all parts of humanity, not just these things that we sort of deem more sacred or holy or anything. And I think it's unfortunate that humor has kind of been put into the camp of the secular a lot. But I mean, 
like the God of the Bible, the God of Balaam's ass, the God of (laughs) Adam and Eve, where are you? As if he didn't know, you know, Mm -hmm. and the God of the Israelites throwing the gold into the fire and saying, oh, the calf just popped out like this. Like the calf just made itself out of the Mm -hmm. fire. Like that's a pretty funny God that would include stuff like that in his Mm -hmm. most holy and high scripture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I do think it's an interesting place for women. And I, I noticed that you mentioned that and kind of picked up on that. I think it's, there's something about a woman in the church with a sense of humor is just maybe not accepted or welcomed in the same sense mm-hmm. that maybe a man in the church with a sense of humor is. Mm-hmm. And there might not also be a platform as such, but girl, I totally believe we are just called to be salty and bright to the world. And what a way to invite women other than to sit around and laugh together and find our mascara running down our faces. And gosh, that's what I hope this book does. Yeah. Oh, I love it. What experiences in your life kind of led you to this idea of, you know, sharing, you you said you have a seven and four-year-old, I think. That's right. Um, Prime time for, I'm sure, a lot of hilarious moments as a mom. I have only a four and a two and I am like laughing at them like daily at the things that they're saying. I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh. Um, And I imagine it's only going to get better, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like what what personal experiences kind of led you to this place of like this concept for the book because it's a unique concept and kind of structure? Okay, sure. Yeah. So I've been a member of this fabulous book club that really should be called Wine Club for a really long time now. Oh. In fact, I've been telling people it's been together for five years, but I think it's been together since before my first daughter was born. So we might be going on like eight or nine years now. I'm not even mm. really sure, but uh, we meet once a month. Um, the hostess picks the book and it's just a time to be together and enjoy one another. And if you've read the book, great. If you haven't, still come and, and be together. And, you know, as as we've all sort of had children and then had more children, attendance for people has not always been mm-hmm. excellent, you know. And then also just the ability to read the books has gone down over mm-hmm. time because of where we are. But A couple of years ago, I guess it was going on three years ago now, uh, one of my friends picked a humor book. And I won't tell you the name, but I will tell you, I love this humor book. I think it's amazing. It's hilarious. A lot of the things in our book are sort of modeled after this book. It's just a collection of essays, but it is Mm by one singular secular author who I, from everything I can tell, she does not proclaim Jesus Mm -hmm. as Lord, Mm -hmm. Savior of her life. Gosh, I wish that she would. (laughs) I don't think that she does. But you know, we showed up for book club that night and there were a bunch of us there and every single person in the room had read. Like Haley, everyone had read. And that really got me thinking, what is so different about this? Well, first of all, it's a great book. It's hilarious. But we've read lots of great books. You Mm -hmm. know, the offerings have been great. The picks have been great. This was our first humor pick and everybody was drawn to it. Hmm. So that made me think, you know, this might just be all that we have capacity for right now. Like something you can pick up when you have two minutes in the carpool line or something that you can read for 20 minutes at night Mm -hmm. before bed, not something that requires a lot of mental energy. However, something that doesn't dishonor, you know, the God that we love and serve our families. You know, I love victimless humor. I'm such a fan of yeah. Of that concept of victimless humor and humor that's that's free of things that would create shame or cause shame for for mm-hmm. those we love or those that we don't know. And so I just kind of thought, is this possible? Could mm-hmm. we do this? It really started as an experiment. Is it possible for us to create a collaborative essay book for moms 
that makes you cry and laugh and laugh, cry, Mm -hmm. snort, laugh, and Mm -hmm. all that kind of good stuff. Like, can we do this? And gosh, I hope we've done it. Yes. Well, I haven't made it all the way through, but with the chapters that I have read, I am in love. Like, I think it's, (laughs) it's genius. And it's so, what I love is that, you know, we know, like we hear as moms that like, you're not alone. Like, oh, me too. You know, I'm in the same boat. Like my kid does the same thing, but just like reading this, the particulars or like the actual details of a life and seeing how aligned, how similar everybody is, is just, it just like takes kind of some of the shroud and the burden of that mystery and the weight that you might feel that like someone else is doing it better than you. Someone else has the answers or comparisons never, never good, but we tend, it's easier to not compare when you truly know, like, yeah, actually this is what I'm dealing with. And maybe my kid isn't throwing a tantrum, but she's doing this and um, I'm laughing about it to keep from crying about it. So (laughs) I feel like the ridiculous unites us. Like I really feel like that's, that's a whole nother place of sharing when you tell something Mm -hmm. ridiculous, you know? Yes. So why should moms buy this book? What will they get from it? Like, obviously, you know, you're, you're saying like, it's just easy and light and fun. And I want to hear from you. Like, yeah, why moms need it? Why do they need it in their lives? I am a firm believer that pretty much every mom out there needs a good laugh. Like Mm -hmm. at the very base of it, I think we need to laugh. So that's what I hope that women will get out of this is a really great laugh. Um, some of our best and most vocal supporters so far have been men, which I mm. never, ever, ever expected completely out of the blue. Um, mm. But we are hearing from quite a lot of men who are saying, my wife was laughing so hard last night that she woke me up. Like, so, you that's know, awesome. I, I hope that it's working. I hope that we are hitting our goal there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I would imagine like, like, I don't want to presume that this is true, but like, sometimes it seems that men have an easier time laughing about things than women. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's because for a lot of us, not all of us, but for a lot of us, we are maybe having more face time with the kids and are yes. like maybe drained by the time they get home. And we're like, yeah, there's less that's funny to me now because exactly. I've been dealing with this all day all or day my, my like capacity for dealing with this is like already drained. Um, and that's not true in every case. I, I know I have a friend whose dad is actually, her husband is the one that stays home with the kids. So maybe it's reversed mm-hmm. in that family. I don't know. Like what? Yeah. I wonder if the husbands are like, yes, thank you for making my wife laugh and lightening her up a little bit. <laughs> I hope so. In this house, we have a, we have a little something we call fun dad. And I love to give my husband a really hard time about fun dad. Oh, what's fun dad? Fun dad tends to show up about three and a half minutes before bedtime. I don't know if you have met Fun Dad, but Fun Dad does things like uh, flipping kids continually. Yeah. Or being like, you know, who wants to have a dance party? Yes, <laughs> like yes. Shooting daggers out of my eyes and smoke is coming out of my ears as I <laughs> look. I've been with them all day long. Right. It's funny. Right. Fun Dad, right. you have to go away. Like it's just bedtime right now. But yes. I, I agree. I think they come in and they're like, hey, let's have a great time. And I love my kids. And, and the women are like, okay. Yeah. Like now. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And obviously we're making generalizations there that aren't true in in every household, but yeah, I mean that, that, that's true for me. I think a lot of times, um, but they come home tired too. You know, they've been, we have that conversation all the time. You know, you've, I'm like, well, you've, you've been away at an office all day, just enjoying your peace and quiet at your desk. Like, I wish I got to go work at an office. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I would trade 
places yes. with you in a heartbeat. And I'm right. like, okay, fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so what has it been like starting and building this business with right. two young kids and how are you doing that? Do they do preschool? I guess you have one in school, right? Yes. I have one in school and then one in preschool. And I really have to say that there's no way I could do what I do. I, I don't think I'd be able to carry on a writing life. Um, and you know, a personal life with my girls without preschool. Yeah. Preschool works. I, I also love preschool and, and missing it a little bit this summer. So right. <laughs> you. oh man, I think we have a great appreciation for those preschool teachers, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the cost. Yes. I will pay it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I also, unfortunately for the last several years have not been that excellent of a sleeper. Mm. So that has been one of the things that I've just kind of learn to embrace that when I wake mm-hmm. up super early, most of the time I just wind up getting up and coming in and the house is really quiet and mm-hmm. I get to spend some time with the Lord and then get to work. A lot of times yeah. um, my husband says that he can tell when I wake up, it's like my brain just immediately starts going. And so yeah. if that happens, I just, I have to get up and get it out. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, so you're getting up early Yes, and preschool, like how early? Well, kind of the 3 a.m. hour, somewhere between 3 and 4 is kind of what I call oh my, my watching hour. Wow. So that typically gets me up, you know, a good two to two and a half hours before the girls start waking up and stirring around. And So then when do you have to go to bed? I will generally fall asleep on the couch to whatever show we're watching at night. And we're, <laughs> we like love Survivor, but are kind of recent Survivor fans. I think that's, you know, unheard of that people haven't been watching Survivor for like <laughs> yeah five decades or something. Right. We haven't. And so we will watch, you know, an old survivor. Okay. Then, and David says he'll look over and I'll be snoring. So there you have it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm just always curious about the particulars of that when someone does like really get up that early. Cause I'm such a late, late night person that I'm like, okay, wait, so you get like four hours of sleep a night, but no, no, you're not going to bed at 11. You're going to bed at like (laughs) eight 30 or nine. Okay. So, what do you think has helped you grow your business in this? You know, I, I, I do you call it a business. I mean, it is, is it a ministry a business? A bo- I mean, how yeah. do you like, how do you think about that? That is a very complicated question. Okay. And I think you should talk to my husband about that. Okay. That okay. Question. Cause that's, that's the thing about being a new writer, being a writer on the younger spectrum of things, really um, just kind of starting to get my feet up and under me mm. and, I am thankful to be paid for my work, but I also long to write for the church. And so I don't want to set things up in such a way where it's not also a ministry. So I kind of feel like I have a foot in both camps, if that makes any sense. And um, I'm thankful that, that I don't have to only take jobs in this place that we are right now in life that are for pay. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, basically a part of the circumstance right now. And that may not always be the case, but for right now, we're, we're both very thankful for that and just kind of try to write widely and write wherever I can. So what has, what's the most challenging about this season of like, you have this new book and you know, what has been hard and like, you know, either getting it out there or sharing, or um, I guess just like when you have this mission and this gift of a message from, from the Lord. And that is inspired that often we can come under attack and like, what, what is hard in this season for you? Sure. I would say the hardest thing personally 
kind of within the boundary of our home is just time and me really wanting to be intentionally a part of my writing life and wanting to be intentionally a part of my home life and spending intentional time with my girls and being present there. So that's kind of one of those things where I feel like I'm continually just repenting or continually asking the Lord to give me wisdom as I walk into that. And then when it doesn't go as planned or the way I would want to repent and ask for forgiveness and to believe in the truth of the gospel and what Jesus has done on my behalf, and then to ask for the grace to fight, to move forward and, you know, to wake up the next day and to give it another shot. And I I don't want to be hard on myself when it comes to that, but I tell you, it's just, it's tricky business trying to balance you know, a career or writing also with, with personal life. So one of the things, um, our school here gets out really early, gets out at 1240. And so oh, one wow. of the things I try to do is get everything done before that, that final bell, when I pick up my daughters so that they can sort of have my attention and focus in the afternoons. And, um, I think this was one of the questions you told me you were going to ask, but tips or ideas yes. for working for your mom. I will tell you my number one thing that saves me is my iPhone notes because oftentimes, even though it's, it's clock out time for me and I'm now going to be with my girls, a lot of times my brain won't shut down on the exact timetable that my time to stop working shuts down. So one of the things that has helped me tremendously is to just pull out that iPhone note and like jot myself a word or two words, something I need to do or an idea or a funny thing. I just heard one of my daughters say that I want to make sure shows up in a piece somewhere. And I just try to like jot it down and then let it go and know that that iPhone note is going to be there the next morning, you know, at whatever time I wake up um, to get it into another document or to put it somewhere else. Yeah. So I do try to sort of create myself a boundary of safety there to where it's like, okay, brain, Hey, it's, it's shut down time and just get it out and get it down so that you don't forget about it. That's helped me a lot. Yeah, that is. That's a good, I, I use iPhone notes a lot too. I know some people have other specific notes apps, but I just find yeah. it's like, it's so easy because it's right there on my home screen and yeah. I guess I could move yes. it and put a different one there, but I, it just <laughs> is so simple. So I love it. Yes. Um, well, that was the first of my, of those three questions. So why don't I just ask you the next one? What do you do for fun? Yeah. You know, I, I love to spend time in the garden. Mm -hmm. I actually think that weeding is cathartic. Do you feel yes, that way? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. I love to do that. And so a lot of times I'll put on a podcast, mm -hmm. yours or somebody mm -hmm. else's and go out there and just spend, you know, a little bit of time in the garden, pulling stuff up. Mm -hmm. And my girls will be out there playing. They have this set of like garden fairy little statues. They love to mm -hmm. set up all around oh, the place fun. or ride their bike out there. So we just, we'll get outside and, that generally happens kind of like, well, this time of year it's happening later in the afternoon because it's just so hot here. Yeah. Um, but we just get out there and have a little time and yeah, I feel like that helps my brain shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I don't know, something about like the physical, you know, kind of the manual labor aspect of like gardening and like, I mean, there's obviously so many parallels to like our spiritual life and, yes. and, and that's, you know, we don't have to go there cause we know, we know about that, but yes. it's just like, <laughs> it's really, it's really fun to, 
like put in that labor and that effort and then see the fruit literal, like the actual fruit of your labor. And like, I grew that. I mean, really God grew it, but you know, like I planted that seed and I made sure that it was watered and yes, like Mm -hmm. things are happening while I'm sleeping. Like I'm waking (laughs) up to vegetables. This is amazing. Like I don't even have to go shopping for this. It's already there. Like I'm achieving right and left. Like I'm not, I don't like I'm in here and they're out there doing their thing. It's like it, Girl, you nailed me between the eyes. Yes, only a, only a three would get that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's it. work happening that I'm not even doing, so. <laughs> we are so efficient. Yes, we are very efficient. <laughs> Granted, no, some could argue it would be more efficient to just go buy all those things That's and right. not like go spend hours. Yeah, let's not talk about no, that. No, we don't need to talk, talk about, about that. The, the actual cost of that tomato. No, right? no. <laughs> it was actually a $10 tomato, tomato and it was worth every bite. <laughs> Every penny that I spent. Every last penny of that yeah. night was so good. Um, so how do you rest? You know, this is a very good question. So I think that definitely getting outside, getting in the yard, getting in the garden, and then at night time with my husband when we're just kind of like shutting mm-hmm. everything down. We love a good early bedtime around mm-hmm. here for our girls. Like they go down mm-hmm. early. It's just something we've always done. This is not like a, yep. you know judgment on bedtime, but gosh, we love yeah. early bedtime. Amen. I feel like, yes, <laughs> he and I are just able to relax and unwind and hang out together. And yeah. I enjoy being, together. I guess you, you already answered that. So I know that you rest, um, to survivor. Uh, we totally rest to survivor <laughs> or he would say I snore to survivor, yeah. but that's to survivor. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Holly, thank you so much for spending time today chatting. It's been so fun to get to know you and I'm thank excited for this book. And we're actually going to announce that um, we're doing a giveaway of oh, yay. Okay. one of these books because you sent me okay. an extra one. Yes. And so we're going to do that on social media. So when people hear this episode, they can go and they'll have to follow both of us to enter to win this book. So sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be awesome. And where can people connect with you online? So on Instagram, you can find us at Same Here Sister Friend. And on Facebook, you can find us either both link up, either Same Here Sister Friend or Engaging Motherhood will take you to the same spot. And engagingmotherhood.com still has ongoing weekly content that tends to be of a little bit more serious Mm -hmm. nature. So um, for the humor stuff, really, it's in in the book, Same Here Sister Friend. And then you can find me on joegardner.com. Oh, yay. I'm excited. I'm going to go check it out right now. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much, Holly. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's it for today. If you want to enter the giveaway to win the book, Same Here, Sister Friend, go find me on Instagram at Kindled Podcast, as well as Holly at Same Here, Sister Friend. You just need to be following both of us and then tag as many friends as entries as you'd like to have. So for each friend, you get one entry, minimum of one, maximum of infinity. And as a reminder, go ahead and screenshot the episode now and share it with friends if you liked what you heard and add it in your stories on Instagram or post it on Facebook and tag us when you do. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate all of your help in spreading the word about this podcast and helping others find it as well. Next week, I'm going to be talking with Katie Gustafson, who is a therapist, a counselor, and a creative. This interesting combination of skills she has makes for an incredibly rich and insightful conversation. Katie and I delve into all of your questions that you have ever had or thought about counseling and therapy 
and who's it for and what what really happens behind closed doors. And we did something really fun and different. Katie and I actually did a faux mini counseling session between her and I on the air, recorded, because I wanted to dispel some of the myths about what therapy and counseling really looks like, even though I myself didn't honestly know because I've never been. But now you know what? I have been because I did the session with Katie and it was really cool and also very therapeutic and helpful. And now I get it and I want to go back for more. But tune in next week to hear my conversation with Katie and our mini counseling session. I'll see you back here next Monday. Thanks, guys.